0: Today, I have with me here Kristen Freid. She is a wife, mother of three little ones, and has been teaching, training, and coaching for more than a decade. She has reached the top 1% of her company in a former business and feels very strongly about helping people to continue building up their soft skills. Kristen, I am so excited to have you here. Thank you. One of the things that attracted me most about having an interview with you is this idea of the sweetness of motherhood. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how you keep the sweetness while you're building your business?
1: Sure. And, and this was huge. And I think that that was one of the reasons why like even looking back on my story was I built the business first and then had kids. Cause I feel like that was like step one of reinvention. Cause as you know, that's a game changer when you have kids, like your whole life changes, which everybody warns you about anyway, but then you're experiencing it. And so then it was, I had already experienced success and now I have these kids who I love more than anything. Right. And every kind of talked about how do you find the balance between the two? Well, first and foremost, like the word balance, I'm like, man, I just, like, there's no balance. You know what I mean? Like no equal balance. Let me put it that way. I don't think because everybody, every day is different. And every time you get through it, like you feel like you got one phase with your kids, they enter a new phase and then it's learning again, you know? And so it really got to the point where i was not having joy in anything like i wasn't having the joy i knew i should have in my business anymore and i wasn't having the joy i knew i should have being a mom either like it was mom guilt and business guilt set in at the same time and i've talked to a bajillion women who feel the same way of you know when i'm with my kids i feel guilty about not getting stuff done for my business and when i'm with doing stuff for my business i feel guilty that i'm not doing stuff with my kids and I feel like I'm on 24 seven with both because especially when you're a business owner, it's like, it is you running it. And as a mom, you're, you're it. (laughs) Like, I mean, yes, you have, if you, if you're married, you have your husband there too, for sure. And I've heard all kinds of scenarios with that too. Mine thankfully is very involved and amazing, but you're still mom. Like you're on 24 seven. And so I really had to do some searching of like, I need to figure as much as I can, like, I need to figure this piece out because I cannot be operating like this every single day because I want joy in my business and I absolutely want to be a joyful mom. I don't want my kids to see me stressed out all the time. And so that's kind of where I actually started speaking to different moms groups and some ministry groups and some different things like that. And that's where the sweetness of motherhood kind of came up as as somebody actually asked me to create a message around it, which was a gift for me. Because normally I, don't, normally I don't do that. Normally I have like, hey, here are my topics you can choose from that I excel at or whatever. And it was a gift for me because I really, as I took the time to develop this and really think through things and what I had done over the years to, to gain that joy back, to have it, like see it laid out on paper and in my notes and all that stuff, I'm like, this is a great daily reminder for myself to stay in this space, if that makes sense. 100%.
0: Yeah, no, I was nodding the whole time she was talking. I definitely understand feeling guilty like 24 seven, no matter what you're doing, you feel like you are not doing something else. And it's just extremely stressful and overwhelmed. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: thank you. I, I love the idea of the sweetness of motherhood. And what does that look like for you?
1: So there's some practical tools that I really start using now. And I I will say, I feel like this is different at different stages. Like if I read correctly, you have three under the age of four. Is that right? Yes. Like that's a, that's a tough stage. I mean, I have three, six and under. And when they're just like in those strong developmental stages, I'm not going to lie. Some days you're just surviving. And you're like, what day is it of the week? I don't even know. (laughs) Like What just happened? And that's okay. Like that is, that is part of being a mom. And that's what I meant by some days the business actually does take a little bit of a backseat. If if you have a kid sick, like, you know, that that's priority number one, or, um, there are times when if you're doing like maybe a business launch or some major thing, it's like a sprint versus having that marathon mentality. But if, if it's a sprint, like there's a big event I have to do right now or whatever, that's when you might enlist some help to help with the kids and, and that kind of thing. So that's that's the the give and take a little bit but some tangible things are for me it was knowing my triggers so i feel like every mom has some triggers of like what are those couple things that just set you off like all of a sudden you feel like you are watching yourself from outside of yourself of like who is this person screaming at my kids right now like for me it was my oldest would not put his shoes on and i know i hear that happen all the time like i'm like just put your shoes on <laughs> you know and so knowing that trigger, it was instead of just continuing to fight through it, it was what can we do to eliminate the trigger or at least minimize the trigger? Because there are certain things that bother my husband that I honestly couldn't care less about and certain things that bother me. That So that's what I mean by everybody kind of has their things, their triggers with their kids. So how can you minimize some of those? Sometimes it was just making sure his shoes were in the same place so we weren't looking for the shoes every single day then trying to get them on. Sometimes it was like taking ownership myself of, well, Kristen, if you were not late right now, you probably wouldn't be so mad that he wasn't getting his shoes on. So I was getting better at getting ready earlier and trying to get out of the house earlier and giving myself more time to do some of the things that would normally stress me out. And it helped a ton. So knowing the triggers I think is huge. So knowing some of those things that steal our joy are are big there. Another thing is comparison. Like if they're, especially with social media nowadays, if there are certain moms that you see their life on Facebook or whatever, and it stresses you out versus brings you joy, unfollow them. Like just don't even see it. And some of it, I just learned to let go. Like I gave the example of it was like Halloween time or something. And I have a three-year-old girl. And we showed up to preschool and she was wearing a little Cinderella dress and I did have her hair in a bun, but that was about the extent of it. Like, I think she had tennis shoes on and there was like a rip in her dress because she fell that morning and uh, she had a long sleeve shirt on underneath it because it was cold or whatever. Well, then we walk in and there's this other little Cinderella girl with the white gloves on and the shoes that match and her hair's like slicked up perfect in a bun where mine's like falling off to the side, you know? And, and really I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? My child is happy. She thinks she's Cinderella right now and she's going to eat candy just like that little girl. (laughs) So you know what I mean? Like sometimes you just have to like really bring logic to the situation instead of being like, oh, that little girl looks cuter than mine or I'm a bad mom because I didn't get the white gloves or whatever the things are that we beat ourselves up about. It's like that's, we just, especially if we're running a business, like you don't have time for things like that, that tend to stress out moms
0: all the time. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Actually, I can think of a dozen things I just did yesterday that <laughs> would follow that very well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Comparison, comparison will kill you for sure. So that's where it goes back to the family values too of like if what we're doing fits in our family values, then we are on the right path. Like, do my kids need to be doing seven different sports or extracurriculars right now? Not if I'm going to feel like a crazy person driving them around everywhere and they're not going to actually enjoy any of it, but that, but people compare themselves, you know, it's like, well, I wish my kids did more stuff or I wish I could afford them to do more stuff and, and things like that. So It's really just kind of looking at those pieces of like, are your kids happy? You know, like, do do you get to play with them for a little bit every single day? Or do they cuddle up with you? Or like, especially depending on what ages they are, like mine are still little. So they couldn't care less necessarily about doing a bunch of extracurriculars, but I want to make sure he loves the ones that he is doing. And even if I wanted to play a different sport that he doesn't want to play, it's like, well, what's the priority there? You know, like, are you, so trying to make decisions that aren't going to lead you down a stressful path, it's going to lead you towards remaining in your family values. So that is uh, some of the stuff that helps a little bit too with at least keeping your joy.
0: No, honestly, I love, this is exactly what our listeners need to hear is because that's where we're at right now, where our lives are crazy, they're stressful. We are trying to do a million things at once and we just need to remember the wonderful principles that you're talking about, just being strong in your values and just remembering what gives you joy in life. I love your message.
1: Thanks. I do actually have two more points. If I can throw okay. these in there that I think are powerful for moms. One is it goes along a little bit with triggers, I guess, but like, for me, it's more the power of words. Like I'm really big on the power of words, both for yourself, negative self-talk, things like that, but especially th- things that we speak over our children so if we are not operating out of a joyful state, then you know, we may not be choosing the best words to say. But one thing I think of, or that this popped in my head and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so like convicting for me. Is if you had somebody else speaking about your children the way you speak about them, how would you feel? Meaning, like I've had people introduce me to their kids as this is my little monster, this is my Little tornado, or this is my like wild one, or wild well, one's not like the worst, but like kind of negative phrases, and they're saying it in a joking way because they might have a high energy kid, or a kid that's in everything, or or whatever, which I get because I have those children. But or um, if we're venting about our kids, or we're constantly like, oh my gosh, I just can't stand when X Y Z child does this. It's like if somebody else was saying that about your kids, how would you feel? So if you'd feel Like, proud, then great. You're probably speaking great about your kids. But if you'd be like, whoa, those are like, if you get over, if you have that like protective, like mama bear feeling coming on, then you might need to be watching what you're saying about your children. And so, how are you introducing your children to people? Or when you're speaking to them, or maybe you're frustrated with them, what kind of words are you saying to them? Or what are you calling them? Even if it is in a joking way or like even I try and say like sometimes it's how if they do something wrong or something that you've talked to them about a million times, I know it's easy for it to come out like what's wrong with you. And I'm trying to catch myself from and keep myself from saying that because it's like, there's nothing wrong with them. And I don't want to speak that over them, but there really is power in words. So if there's a child that grows up that always hears their mom or dad talking to them and referring to them as their little monster, then what are they gonna think about themselves as they grow up, you know what I mean? And so I'd rather have my children growing up hearing me calling them champions and telling them that they're so smart and they're so confident and they're so kind and, um, and calling out the good in them because we, we all have great things in our kids. It's not always about the frustrating moments, but it's a skill and it takes practice but I needed to hear somebody say this to me for me to be aware of it. So hopefully this is like an aha moment for somebody on here is realizing like, oh my gosh, I say that to my daughter all the time. Or, you know, like I've just some of the things I've heard people say to their their kids. And this is like a no judgment zone, but just it's more of an awareness, right? So if you have maybe an older daughter and you're not loving the way she's dressing, like be careful how you communicate that to her. Like you don't want to call her a name that she would then have spoken over her. You would want to do it in a, just a different way. And that's a little bit different for everybody, but it's just, there's power in words for sure. And along with that is I've I heard this once from a great friend of mine. And she's been a mentor for a long time. It's taking those things in your kids that are almost triggers for you and saying like speaking life over them from that, from that standpoint too. And I'll give you an example, like, one of her kids always had to have the last word. Like even from when he was a little kid, it was almost like vomit of the mouth of like, I just have to finish the sentence. And you said something, I have to say something. And it wasn't even like in an argumentative way. He just always had to have the last word. And instead of that driving you crazy as a parent or being one of those triggers, she's like, take that thing and envision that in them as an adult, like a characteristic that they'll carry on the rest of their life. And as an adult, it's like what would how would that be a powerful attribute as an adult? Like so for him I'd be like, man, you are gonna make such a great lawyer someday. That's <laughs> <know>? or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or let's say you have a kind of dramatic child. It's hey you're gonna be a star on Broadway someday. Or um if somebody is always trying to fix things and maybe like breaks things to fix things. Cause they're so curious or like my, my one-year-old is I'm like, unless I just forgot how the other two were or something, he is into everything. I mean, he finds things that the other two never touched, never bothered. He's my climber. Like, and so instead of calling him, you know, he's my crazy one or he's my wild one, or he's giving me a run for my money or he's driving me crazy or whatever. Cause I he's just all over the place. It's, you know, he's very busy and he's very curious and he's got a lot of energy and he's such a good climber for being one, you know, it's just, it's choosing those words differently. Cause the more we speak those positive words, the more our brain actually follows that. And so then the more we start to believe it and then the more we start to really feel it. So the triggers, it's like those positive words are really pushing those triggers out of the way. And it's just replacing that energy with positive energy versus versus that negative energy. And it really is powerful. That's why I'll kind of catch people all the time. And if I have permission to call them out, I will on things that they're saying. I won't do that to like a stranger, but you know what I'm saying? So, it's, so hopefully now with people hearing this and having that awareness, they can start to speak more positive, powerful things over our kids that are, you know, our future generation. So they need to hear those words.
0: Wow. I think I needed to hear these words. Thank you. As you were talking, I was thinking about my three and the different things that I have called them like, oh, this is my stubborn one. And yeah, just reframing that, really loving that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And I'll say this too, especially if your kids are older, like I don't want people to feel like, oh my gosh, my kid's 15 and I ruined their life because I've been speaking these things over them their whole life. Don't, it is never too late to start. Power. Positive words go so far with people especially even when they're older and they understand it. So just don't judge yourself or beat yourself up about this. If this is the first time that you're hearing it, it's just not, you know, today's a new day. So you can just choose to do it differently moving forward. And that's great.
0: Amazing. Thank you. I believe you said you had one more amazing tip for us.
1: Uh, so I did kind of combine the two, but here's here's what I'd say too that helps with the joy. And it's like, it's almost a a positive trigger to actually call it back in when you feel like you're losing your marbles. Like, so this is a good thing to do when let's say you feel those triggers stirring up, like, and you know what I'm talking about as moms, like you kind of feel that it it feels like it's bubbling up inside of you of like, I've said it four times. If I say it a fifth time, I'm going to lose my mind, you know? And so, um, when I start to feel that, gratitude always trumps everything. Like it is, it is physically impossible for you to be stressed out and grateful at the same time. Those are two emotions that cannot coexist. And so there are times when I've been, you know, about to lose it where I ran to my bathroom, shut the door and took a deep breath. And I, I spouted off 10 things I loved and I was grateful for about whether it was all my kids together or one kid in particular or whatever, it's thank you Lord so much for giving me children, you know, because not everybody has that or some people struggle with infertility. There are some issues that we had. so it's like, thank you so much for even having kids. Thank you so much for my children being healthy. Thank you so much for, uh, I'm so grateful for my children having energy. I'm so grateful for their confidence when they're maybe being a little stubborn or independent or, you know, so it's like using those powerful words and positive words to be thankful for them or finding things that they're thankful for them having shoes to find and put on. Like I'm thankful for having a school that we have to get in the car for. And I mean, when you start pulling for things that you're thankful for, I'm telling you whatever chemical reaction happens in our brains that switches from that stressful over to the grateful Is amazing, and I will. I can be in the bathroom for 30 seconds, spouting off things that I'm thankful for, and my my like um, frustration level goes from a 10 down to like a two or one. So I can at least go back downstairs or in the other room or whatever, and mother from a place of peace versus a place of stress. And it might even be like, you might still have to have a conversation with your child about what's not okay or what they did that made you upset or whatever. And sometimes I think it's important for us to apologize. In fact, a lot of times like kids need to know that we're not perfect either and so there's been times where I have lost my cool and I've had to, when I calm down, go back and say, Hey buddy, you know, mommy just got a little too upset right there. And she really didn't mean she didn't need to, I didn't need to yell at you and am talk in third person, <laughs> but it's like, I didn't need to yell at you in the way that I did. And if I need to talk to him about whatever he did that, or she did, you know, my daughter, whatever, it made me upset. We can talk through that. But if I like, I think we know when we overdo it. And so when we let our kids know that we made a mistake and apologize for it, it teaches them to do the same, right? Apologize for your mistakes and that we're not perfect and that forgiveness and grace are huge. But, um, I think just letting them see that life is messy, but we still navigate it together can be powerful. Just like the whole working thing. And I don't know if you can hear that. They must be playing drums on.
0: Is that what it is? Opera. I thought it was my microphone or something. <laughs> nope. That make
1: sense. So, you know what? They're happy. So, Man. but yeah, I think having them see you work and sometimes even saying, hey, mommy is finishing off work right now, but I'll come play that game with you as soon as I'm done. Or, hey, buddy, I'm so sorry that I know it looks like mommy's just kind of playing on her phone right now, but I need to get these messages to some people that I'm helping right now. So explain to them what you are doing when you're working so they know that you're not ignoring them. But if you tell them you're just going to finish that email and go play with them, you got to follow up on your word too. finish the email and go play with them. Like, don't keep answering five more emails. So it's just having that open communication with them and, and honesty is, I think, powerful because as they watch you work, I forget what the stat is, but... I was doing some research at one point and and they said the number of entrepreneurs, kids that become entrepreneurs when their parents were entrepreneurs is like the statistic is crazy as far as, as compared to entrepreneurs that didn't have entrepreneurial parents, if that makes sense. So I want my kids to know that they can be anything that they want to be or do anything that they want to do and that it'll take work, you know, but working is a good thing. And the rewards that you get for working I like that they can be a part of it. Like I actually think I saw something on your page today of did your daughter have headphones on, with the podcast, thing? like, like that's amazing because she's, she gets it that my mommy's doing work and I want to help my mom, you know? So things like that are like, I love that you documented that I'd, I'd put it in a, a journal or whatever you do for her too. But like when you can bring your kids into work in an appropriate way, it it's just showing them uh, it's modeling for them what, you know, it's important to you too. So I think that's cool.
0: Thank you. This has been an amazing interview. I really appreciate everything you've brought forward and I know our listeners are going to love it as well. I can't thank you enough. If you want to know more about Kristen, you can find her on Facebook or Instagram. I am Kristen fade, or she has an amazing group called embrace your RBF relationship, business, and finances. Again, You saw all the amazing things that she was giving to us in this podcast interview. I can't even imagine the amazing things that she is doing in her group. So I would definitely look her up. And uh, Kristen, thank you again for being such a wonderful guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Johanna. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, could you please take a minute to rate and review my show? It would mean the world to me. Also, let me know if you have any questions or if there's something in particular that you're struggling with so that we can cover it in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Remember, progress is being just 1% better today than you were yesterday. You got this, mama. See you on the next episode.